your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. I'm one of your hosts, Travis, along with Adam and Jay, and I spaced for a minute. I actually had to read that Scale RC show on my sheet, because I couldn't remember what it was You called. didn't know what podcast? I, I didn't know what podcast. I should, because I haven't done the other one in forever, but yeah, I had to like look up in my notes real quick to make sure that that's what I was recording. <laughs> what is, What is it like being a titan of media? Well, <laughs> since I'm not one, want. it's... You're a, you're a titan of media. Nah. No, I just, yeah, I solved that by just only doing one show. So there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one show a week. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Two is, two is, uh, two is too much. So one is good. Two is too many. We just had Psycho Nitro Blast and there was like no talk about it hardly at all. Yeah. See, and I realized that. It's just kind of the same. It's all the same after the while. And I can sit here and I can talk about all of those races. And I still wasn't there. So I can just read results off a sheet. And... <laughs> Does that really matter? No. So. Oh, they did do like a, a companion like watch along show like last uh, August, I think now. And so that was pretty fun. That was a lot of work. I want to do it again. So. Oh, was it? It's a yeah. good idea. It was cool. It was cool, but it was too much to do live, so I had to wait till it was over, and then I don't know if people really cared to go back and listen to it after the fact. I considered that for the King of the Hammers race, the Ultra 4 race in Moab that we had, but then I was like, no, nah, because that's like a 12-hour day, so <laughs> never mind. Nobody has that kind of time to sit around and watch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was a little bummed not getting to catch the live broadcast of it, but Still, I mean, being able to like just hop on YouTube and watch it all the same day, that's pretty rad because I remember when motorsports were kind of a, especially off-road racing was a difficult thing to find any kind of coverage of. And I don't know how they managed it, but I mean, they had like internet connection and everything out there, you know, good enough to where they could do a live broadcast of it on YouTube. So I don't know, man, that, that, uh, what do they call it? Hammered something media they they're kind of on the gas with mm. everything that they're doing yeah i saw that they're using D, dji or dji right not dgi dji i always pronounce it as dgi but yeah it's dji yeah they were using those instead of the ones that you guys sell so i was like kind of it was something i was curious about what they were using because the drone footage was actually really really good and i even saw they're doing that for a lot of the rock bouncer racing and stuff too they've got drone footage yeah that adds a lot to watching that no it does it's it's pretty massive the uh yeah i mean dji has kind of been always one of those things that have sort of owned the industry but as time goes on people's faith in them is fading 
Well, they're they're kind of one of the only like semi affordable ones to get into for this stuff, right? Eh, yeah, it depends on what level, but yeah, it's it's just not as like I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I mean, it seems to work for people. So yeah, that race was so gnarly. You're gonna have to check it out at some point. Actually, everybody should because it was pretty rad. Like it it was so funny because like it was actually like to the point of where it was comical of how many right flat front tires people were getting and like yeah. they did finally figure out what part of the course it was that was doing it but i mean no kidding dude it was like just flat right front after just one after another after another and like the people that were commentating were actually like laughing like i cannot believe this is happening they've all been right fronts and it's been all weekend long so i guess there was one little rock in a section that was sticking out and it was like cutting sidewalls or something and that's what got everybody some great racing though i mean man qualifying was unreal like they were down to like fractions of a second on qualifying it was pretty sick von getting junior pulled the top 10 i think he was ninth so that was Damn. pretty rad yeah it's it's neat like seeing a dude like that transition to off-road racing and finally like do well after like three or four years you know because some people look at it as sort of like a novelty thing you know like when jeremy mcgrath has tried it or bj baldwin tried it in an ultra four car and didn't really do much so it was kind of funny because a while ago someone had made the comparison of like asking like oh you know it's you know drifting or like someone i think asked on bj baldwin's page it was like oh you know what's you know you know, drifting, like drifting is, and, uh, you know, off-road racing, like they're so difficult and it takes great drivers and, and BJ had said something along the lines of that racing off-road is way harder than drifting. And I was like, well, <laughs> I think getting proved that he can kind of do it all anyhow. So <laughs> maybe they're just good drivers regardless. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, I don't know. I think if you can oh, drive, well. you can drive. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just probably awareness of the car around you and stuff so that you can actually finish stuff and not damage equipment. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. But, no, it was cool to see Bungett and Jr. do really well. I was a little bit bummed that Lauren Healy had a rough weekend. There, dude, it, that course was taxing, though. Like, what's... Not Tom Ways. Um God, who's I'm drawing a blank on the dude's name now. He Paul Horschel, that's who it was. Oh, I yeah. like dude, his car got just destroyed. It was so sad to see too, because it was just right close to the end and like cars were coming through. So he had to just like back up off the trail. But like he had broken a rear link, so his axle was like shifted over to one side and he only had rear wheel drive or front wheel drive. I can't remember which now, but like it was it was far more brutal than king of the hammers was on cars it was, it was pretty wild to watch oh i bet yeah, it's I just so cool that. that we can actually like check stuff like that out now though i mean it was hard to even like growing up like even getting to watch supercross was tough because it was like super late at night on espn maybe if they didn't like bump it and have like bowling or something on in its place like that's like honestly like something that would happen back then like there was just it hadn't grown and like now moto is like there's household names and moto so it's just crazy to see how far all that stuff's come along just in my lifetime what i think's crazy is uh pit bikes are coming back 
I'm happy about that because they're probably one of the most fun things in the world that you can ride. Well, it was funny because like I got my Honda CRF uh, 50 right at the tail end of the last wave. And then that kind of put me on a, eh, well, then I'm not going to finish it. So it's kind of like half built. And then now it's all coming back, but it's only a 50. The 110s are where it's at now. I saw that. Yeah, we have we have a Thump Star with 12-inch wheels. That one's Trav's. And then I have a SDG 125 that has 10-inch 50 wheels on it. Oh, nice. Dude, they're so much fun. There, We used to uh, live kind of close to this guy named Justin Homan, who was like part of Metal Militia. And he uh, had done like X Games and Gravity Games and a bunch of stuff like that. And we had built a 50 track at his house and like our yearly new year's party was in the snow at his house. We would take, we'd all ride fifties in the snow and we would throw like rock salt down on the track to kind of get it to, you know, firm up a little bit. And we would just be out there just destroying each other racing on this totally snow covered moto track on fifties. It was so much fun. Nice. A lot of good times on pit bikes. I would probably destroy myself on one now, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had more injuries on the 50 than I have anything else. Oh, yeah, we had definitely hurt ourselves worse on 50s than big bikes. Like, it was, I don't know, just because we would try dumb stuff. Like, the track was, like, all really, really steep, like BMX dirt jump style, you know, with, like, super, super steep landings and takeoffs. Because when you do it like that, it doesn't matter that you don't have a lot of suspension, you know? Because, like, if you land yeah. on a steep downhill, you know, you don't feel it you know, like with exactly. bicycles. So it was fun, but man, if you didn't get it right, it was like bent forks and flattened wheels and everything else. <laughs> if you overshot something like you had to be really, really careful. Yeah. My whole thing was always, uh, my bad transition was cause at, at the time I was still like big into BMX and, you know, one would think that there should have been some sort of crossover between the braking system on a bike and uh, dirt bikes. And, uh, yeah, so I'd be always be so used to grabbing, you know, the lever for the brake and it doesn't, you know, well on a 50, there isn't one there. So yeah, like, I'd be like, try break. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm like trying to remember all the time what I'm, what I'm doing. Well, it's like too late and yeah, that'd be a lot of issues. We ended up having to switch our brakes on our bicycles just because like front brakes on the right hand side on our dirt bike yep. and on a BMX bike your rear brake is on the right hand side so there was a bit of a learning curve there but yeah. i don't know bmx is hard dude like i that was something that i just couldn't get the grasp of you know trying to hit like dirt jumps and stuff like i just i don't know motorcycles were so much easier but it gave me like a really healthy respect for guys that ride bmx really really well though yeah i don't know my whole thing with i don't know why i was like i was like into not so much like street with bmx it was dirt I don't know why, but dirt was always, I thought was awesome. Right. As we were getting out of it, they built like a huge dirt jump trail next to one of the parkways in the old town that we lived at in Oregon. And like, it, there was just all this like really cool stuff that you could go do. And there was a skate park and everything. And of course all that happens, like right as I'm getting too old to do any of that stuff anymore. Oh yeah. I know how that is. That was like, uh, when they put in the skate park here at the, uh big old park right in the center of town um 
it was actually quite entertaining when they were putting in the skate park you should have seen i think i was in like i don't know eighth grade maybe freshman year and they would have like these like town you know like council meetings to like talk about it and like kids could actually which was like the worst idea in the world could actually have input on what they wanted to see and i had some buddies who were like really like big time skaters so they went because they wanted to see what was going to be put in and there was like these younger kids that were putting in stuff and they were like what do you think this is tony hawk pro skater none of you guys are going to hit any of this stuff (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty pretty entertaining ours had a pretty giant taco wall that thing was huge there was some pretty cool stuff. Now it's like, seems like almost every, even like smaller towns have skate parks. Like there's a decent sized skate park on the way to one of our crawling spots in Anacortes even. Like, it's just cool that it went from like a thing that you would get in trouble for, even if it was like a vacant lot to now it's like, again, something mainstream. Like skateboarders used to be the enemy for a lot of people back in the day. Oh yeah. And that's the reason why there's a lot of, um, you go downtown now, there's a lot of areas that have the, I don't know, everyone calls them something different. Um, but, you know, the, the curb stoppers or curb protectors, whatever you want to call them, the little things that they bolt on so you can't, you can't, you know, grind. Oh, yeah. Which I kind of get it. Like if, if, if the city's like paid to give you a skate park, like I kind of understand, you know, wanting to keep people off of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I know now that, um, it's funny seeing even when they started, they adapted those to handrails. Oh, I don't wow. know. If they, yeah, they did. Well, at least down here, there's a couple areas where you go and they actually have like these like little stoppers going down like the handrail because they used to do it on all like the concrete ledges and then they stopped doing it there and they started using the handrails. So I guess they had to come up with something else. That sucks. But yeah, I don't know. The thing that's coming back now, and I don't know if this is just like, if it's just a California thing um, or if it's like a across the nation thing is they, these kids are all into getting bikes now. Like, and I guess they call them one, is it one wheel, not one wheels, one gear. Meaning that it's like, it looks like a mountain bike ish, but it only has one gear. So yeah, yeah. It's set up like a BMX bike. Anyways, and they'll, they'll all get together and they'll just sit there and go down the street just doing wheelies the whole way down the street. Like they'll be like 12 kids deep. Oh, weird. It's almost like watching like old, and it's I, I kind of feel bad. Well, not bad saying this, but um, it just brings back memories. It's like watching the old DMX videos where they're doing like the quads and the dirt bikes in the middle of the street in New York, just like, you know, doing wheelies the whole way down. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's what it kind of reminds me of these kids just they'll sit there and just be doing wheelies the whole way down the only thing that gets a little annoying is now that everything's kind of getting back to normal um when the kids do that there's so many more cars and if one of them like eat you know eats it you, you got a car right on top of you it's like it's not the safest thing to do and i've actually i've actually been behind a group where one of the kids did that he was doing a wheelie and he fell off I hit the brakes and luckily the person behind me hit their brakes. And so it didn't rear end me, but it's just like, see, like I understand it's all in good fun, but this is why you guys can't be doing this down the center of the street because one of you guys eats it and it could be very dangerous for a lot of people. 
There's enough businesses closed to where I'm sure they could find a parking lot or an alley or something they could do that into. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a really popular bike for dirt jumping too, I've seen. Yep. So, but enough of that. I guess we got to get on RC chit chat. That's <laughs> RC. Right. Really cool. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Or RC Cola. Well, we're getting serious. So I better turn my phone off then, turn the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm serious. Ready to go. I don't really have anything to talk about tonight besides questions, do we? Um, so you guys have anything, but I didn't see anything new. I'm looking right now. I think we talked about all the cool little tires. Yeah, bent shocks. <laughs> Done bent my shocks. Twice. You know what, though? You kind of have to give it up to that guy because he did actually use the apostrophe when typing y'all. I need to lay off of the rock bouncer videos or I'm going to turn country or something. Got to be careful with that. Uh, Tamiya has a bunch of rad stuff coming out, but that's not, it's only like a select few of our listeners that are into that. Oh yes. The SSD warrior wheels are, in stock even those ones that look like the innovates that i showed you mm -hmm. they're in stock at a main i'm still waiting it should be tomorrow i need my uh paddle tires for the side by side oh wow the ssd's making challenger 2.2s now too You know, the cool ones that we put on the moon buggy, the ones that I've been like talking about for a hundred years. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. they make, they make those in a two, two now. Oh. That's what I should do on that thing is put two twos on it. So it looks a little bit more like a real moon buggy and stretch one nines over it. I just don't like what it does as a sidewall is the only thing. Is two, two making a slight comeback. I think it um, is because of the rock bouncing. Yeah. Not just that. Um, what was it? Matt Hawk sent me a message. He was asking if I knew anything about what was the what was that hobby or company? Let me pull it up real quick. He said, "So what do you think about the traction hobby stuff?" And I was like, "I'll be honest, never heard of it." And he goes, "It's a they're two point two size scale trucks." And I said, "Really?" So I've seen one of those in person. Actually, Tyler Wilbur's dad has one, and it looks like the twenty twelve Axial JK just supersized on wraith axles like i'm not kidding like even down to the slightest detail that body is identical just bigger it was wild how they did it hmm. they're huge though but it's like i mean unless you have a bunch of people with them like i don't know how much fun it would be True. like when you go to a rig that big or even like the fist scale ones like we were talking about last episode like it seems like it really narrows down the places that you can actually have fun driving one of those because they're just giant. That's kind of what I, my thought always was, but yeah, like know. where do you drive something like that? Yeah, 
the Rubicon. Uh, these gray ones look so good. Oh my gosh, those are cool wheels. I want them. I don't know what to put them on, but I want them. Those are pretty rad. Are you getting on a main at all, Adam, or what are you doing? I was just on there. Oh, I wasn't sure if you're going to look at them or not. The gray no. looks really good. Gray with the black rain. Wheels are expensive. Tell me about it. To me, it has a. This is going to sound really stupid, so just everybody bear with me here because the body looks really cool. But to me, it has a Suzuki Swift that looks badass. Like it looks like a real car. To me, his bodies are really good. They brought back that Nissan Titan little off-road truck too. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Wow. And they've got really the only there's only a few to me is that I really would like to have. Like I'd like to have one of the rally cars, but I don't know why, but their sand scorcher, the little Baja bug, that thing is so cool looking. Kind of always wanted one of those. <laughs> Something about them. Yeah, like you're just cool. That Escort Cosworth that they came out with is super sick. Yeah, I can get oh, any questions yeah. unless you guys got something. Um, just real quick. They actually make a Baja TA KR3 and a 1.0 for micros. RC4 wheel drive does. It looks huh. just like the BFG Baja TAs. That looks so cool. Nice. Um, Minis are blowing up, man. Yeah, they are. That's cool to see. I mean, now sells uh, sunglasses. They have for a while. Like They had some weird ones before, but the ones I'm seeing on here look a lot better than what they used to have. Really? Because the three I'm looking at look like children's sunglasses. Let's see. I know Biddy Design had theirs on there for a long time. Pretty sure it was Biddy. Let's see. I like Biddy Design stuff. I think if I was to get back into eight scale racing, I wouldn't bother having a body painted. I'd just do one of their pre-done ones. It's a cool concept. Yeah. They look really good. I mean, they look nice. And not enough people have them to where, you know, everyone's going to have the same paint job at the track. Exactly. Gooder. That's their that's their yeah, I was saying <laughs> gooder. Oh, gooder. Gooder. These are gooder than the other ones. <laughs> These Those are kind of cool looking sunglasses though. Feels bubs, ones. bourbon, burpees. I was reading one of the listings here. What the hell? Purple purple jelly bean drunk. What? Anything is Pabstable. Battle of Puebla after party. They have some really strange names for their sunglasses. Yeah, tell me about it. I must not be understanding something here. Yeah, there's there's got to be a joke we're not getting because that's just weird. Huh. Well, Very strange. Yeah, let's get to questions. Here, look, they got one for you. Gooder OG sunglasses. Whiskey shots with Satan. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey shots with satan y'all 
Oh, grip it and sip it. <laughs> oh, look, this, this, goes with, this goes with all the motocross we were just talking about. The passion of the crust. You can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, they got I one. like these guys already. <laughs> look, they got another one. You want to know what it's called? Look. A ginger's soul. <laughs> I thought gingers don't have souls. Well, they got sunglasses. What is happening here? Who are these people? Uh, I just click on a different one and a different name pops up every time. They're classic. Swedish football hangover. Flamingos on a on a booze crew. The Empire <laughs> did nothing wrong. Iced by Yetis. What the hell? Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Dude, there's a pair of scissors in their new section that Red Dog makes, which is like European distributor. Yeah. I swear to God, like if K Bar made scissors, that's what these look like. <laughs> like they are so deadly looking. Appet- okay. Appetite for detoxification. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to read Mick and Keith's Midnight Ramble. What the hell? What in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> there's something we're not getting. There has to be. Like there's got to be a joke. I. I don't know. None of these. All right. Oh, some one of the glasses are awesome, dude. Like some of them look really cool. Well, okay. I know what this one. This is a purple and green one, and they're called "Jokes on You." Well, they're supposed. To, that's the Joker's colors. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Okay. But the catch here is that they don't bounce. Like you, you know, you ever had that happen where like you're wearing sunglasses and like. I don't know, you're doing anything but walking and they're like flying up and down on your face and shit. No. Really? Oh, well, these are supposed to prevent that. So like for, like if you're skating, for example. And that's what this, this guy is saying is that like that they claim that they don't they don't bounce. They just stay huh. on your face. Swedish meatball hangover. Well, I don't think the crawler community has a problem with this. I, think I don't think the crawler community is ready for this. Yeah, I don't think so either. But then you never know. Next next event we go out to watch, everyone's gonna have like I'm not kidding. Okay, there's Dark Knight Clubbing. They're good looking glasses for twenty five bucks. I mean Detroit <sighs> versus everybody. Those actually there's look really like, cool. They're black and red. There's like Detroit. um there's like over what sixty sunglasses to choose from. Yeah, it's insane. You know, the longer I look at them, the more I like them, I'll be honest. I really like the Magpul ones I got us. The Magpul ones are pretty dope. They it's don't weigh beat, anything. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, it's nice when it, you know, not feeling like I've got like stuff okay. clamped to my face. Yeah. This one gets a, this one gets a little uh risky. Jack's on, Jack's off. Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> this one is uh Pabst O'Clock. It literally says PBR on the side of it. Really? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> what See, row are we looking That at? I can get behind. Yeah, I'll share. I'll share the thing in the. I found it. Okay, you found it. I'll share it anyway. So. It here. Cape Limited Crusader Sunshader. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sharing the wrong screen. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
here you Everybody's go. Everybody's just like, what are they talking yeah. about? Because they don't have like this, this happened last night. Yeah, this, well, this happened last week too with rednecks and paychecks. So I said I was going to share this, and then I never got the the episode uploaded on Friday. So, well, if anyone cares this. that much about what we're talking about, they could go and look it up. I suppose that's okay. true. But yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. They probably the here's don't. a set. Here is a pair for Jay since he's going country on us. Honky oh, tonk Donald. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see if i can find that based on the colors let's see uh i don't understand that honky tonk donald and it's got the kiss or kiss the rolling stones logo next to the gooder another pack they don't even have a song this honky tonk that's that's uh the I doors has roadhouse well the way i the, wait, the neighborhood ones have some pretty cool artwork on them It's like Gotham City with Batman, like the Batman light, signal light shining up in the air. It's like they have some cool artwork on these, but it's all like on the inside. Well, their like logo is that tongue. And so I was confused. It's like, do I not remember the Rolling Stones one correctly? And I look it up and it's exactly the same. So Iced by Yetis. Like, is it not <laughs> copyrighted? I don't. Vince, Vincent's Absinthe Night Terrors. <laughs> I could just sit here and read them all day. Gardening with a Kraken. Dripping with fringe. <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a rabbit hole. What would Keith do? What would Those Keith have the Rolling do? Stone logo everywhere. Oh, I've got their... oh, hold on. They've got their... Oh, wait, no. Never mind. These aren't the... Uh... These aren't gooder. I was scrolling down and they got like the... Uh... Like shooting range instructor glasses on here the optic nerves sick these are pretty funny modern modern day snake oil god all right um our first one we're easily entertained you know that yeah you gotta do something uh First one is from Alex Sims. <laughs> when do we get to hear you guys with auto tune? Man, people really don't forget. I have to re-download it. They don't. It's weird. I have to download it on uh, on this computer because it was on my last one. I've changed computers since then. So um, I'll re-download it, and I will try and put something together fairly soon. I'll do my best. That would be pretty funny. I was already supposed to record a country song for my friends, so I'll just add this to the queue. Is Jay going to be in it? No. <laughs> I'm telling you, just something changes in your soul when you buy a rock bouncer. <laughs> Bubba Bacon. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, the names of some of those guys. God. Oh, Bubba Bacon. Chris Trudeau says... Thoughts or opinions on cash crawl events? A uh, local group here is trying it based similarly to the Sorka points rule, 10 gates, 15-minute time limit. The details are pretty long, and I won't bore you. But it will include. It will also include one mandatory winch gate. Uh, it's a $20 buy-in, $100 to winner, and money to second and third. With the popularity of the Vegas Snow Prep and other cash events to follow as well, as other races offering cash to the winners, are money-based events the answer to RC? Are bragging rights enough in comps until the next event where someone else might win? 
or does it incentivize cheating or just create greater divide between classes, pro versus novice and all that stuff? I th I did a money event and I will never do it again. I think in crawling it's a terrible idea. And the reason I say that is Absolutely. especially for like if it's Sorka and like scale comp and stuff like that, like those are already like it's already broken enough as it is when you start getting into like the scale points and stuff. Obviously just my opinion, but like then add the money factor to that and like imagine anybody we've all been, you know, we've all been to crawling events. Imagine anybody at a crawling event losing out on like a prize purse because they didn't have a shovel attached to their body. I don't know. I don't know if that would really make anybody happy. So Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you I start getting into that territory and then yeah. it's like, yeah, like why why wouldn't you just literally strap anything to it? Cause then it just you have even more incentive to just not care. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean I would I'd be sitting there and be covering the whole damn body in epoxy and just slapping shit on it. But yeah, I don't know. I think it, it was kind of funny because people have been talking in the racing world for years about, Oh, well, you know, money racing is going to do this and that. And Oh, well we can't have a couple hundred dollar purse because people already take it seriously enough as it is. And that is true. But I mean, they did blow me away seeing someone walk home with, I guess after all it was all said and done after the actual entry count, it was like 18 grand. The dude walked home with and for virtually no drama that happened at that race, which is pretty impressive. Um, so that did surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think in the crawling role, it just doesn't translate. Um, I think there's just, there's just not a good way to make it worth it on top of the fact, um, like that, that is, that is absolutely a way that you take the fun out of it. In my opinion, for crawling. Oh like, yeah. Everyone's sure. showing we had accusations of, people cheating yeah. and this rock was moved when it was my turn to go and i would have had a better score if that rock would have been there again yeah. and dude it was a nightmare like i mean basically and then it led to an entire friendship being ruined over it because i wouldn't back the dude claiming that the guy that won cheated yeah and so like I think in normal racing, it's fine. You know, it, like suddenly people saw that it wasn't a big deal and he could, you know, race money doing no prep. And so everyone kind of got, I think everyone felt a little bit sensitive. And so someone immediately came out and like announced a $10,000 pro purse for one of the, one of the races and stuff. So yeah, it'll be kind of curious to see how this goes. Um, we may find in a couple months that drag racing, you know, might find a negative to it too. I'm not really sure, but they had basically a year of cash races up to this point. Haven't really seen many issues, but I saw it like personally, I saw like the, the, the cash race at like diehard last year and nothing against the event, nothing against the people involved or anything like that. But it kind of like ensured to me that I didn't really want to do it. Um, me, yeah. ra me racing for money as I don't, it's not my, it doesn't interest me. We're all we're all losing money no, in RC, so if people getting really that hot and bothered over it, I, you know, good for the guy that won eighteen grand. The the rest of them, I, you know, <laughs> you spent more than that to get here. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I just I I haven't seen anything good happen with money stuff in my experience. Yeah, I think I think the drag racing thing is a kind of a different story because it's sort of it makes sense. And, you know, it might work in normal racing, too. I've never had anything against it. It kind of put an end to that argument that you can't do it. I think crawling, it doesn't translate, though, and I think you're just asking for trouble. 
Yeah, the only money I've ever seen is uh, the comp crawling. Yeah. If you're going to take a... stuff like that, fine, like in the drag racing, because, you know, with regular racing, you can get taken out by somebody or whatever, you know, yeah. so you have that element to it with crawling or with drag racing, you know, you don't really have that situation where, you know, you're battling with somebody and they, you know, punt you over the top of a berm and get 10 grand, you know, yeah. like it, it just... I don't know. I, th I I think it's absolutely a bad recipe for racing and for crawling. I dare I say this. I don't think that the scale guys are to the point of where they have professionalism and sportsmanship under grasp enough to be able to handle winning money at crawling. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, if anyone's, if, if you're paying to get into a crawling event, it should either go to the organizer or it should go to the, uh, Go to a charity or something if that's part of the gig. Yeah, I agree. Should just focus on being there to be there. Um, yeah, exactly. Nick LaRusso, uh, I know everyone involved in the show has been busy and or without power at one point or another, but was wondering if the color choice for the micro runner was ever made. I still say sand. Good luck with the sound quality tonight. Hey, thanks. I think sand won, didn't it? I don't know. I was letting you know all that. I'm pretty sure. I have I'll, no clue. I'll look. I'll even tell you guys do stuff. Recount. I think that sand is a good one. I based and, off and I what have I was here. Based I was on what I was seeing, I'm pretty sure sand won. I think so too. I didn't see a ton of people asking for gray. Which I kinda wanna do the one tenth one sand though. But I think we're going to let them actually vote on that, though, correct? Yeah. I think so. Can't remember how that conversation ended. Okay, I found the post. 29 comments. Let's tally up. Get my pen out. So, CNS. One for cement, one for sand. Another one for sand, another one for cement, another one for sand, another one for sand, another one for sand, another one for sand, 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 sand. Uh, yeah, so far I only have three cements, four. Yeah, no, sand pretty much won by a landslide. So, Nick, looks like it's going to be sand. Cool. There we go. All right. Um, Greg Thrillkill, he says, I built an LCG G-Speed rig, and it crawls just about everything and anything you pointed at, and I've always wondered if you built a one-to-one -one version, would it work the same? In my mind, it seems like it would. Same concept motor up front would place all the most weight or you know, up above the front wheels cab only would reduce the weight and so on uh what are your guys thoughts i've never really been around the one-to-one -one rock crawling so my experience is based solely on the 110 rigs and how they perform would be kind of cool seeing a slammed old power wagon out climbing all those jeeps i personally feel very little translates between the two this is probably the best question for adam um sorry Michelle was texting me. Um, you're going to have to repeat that question. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. She was asking me about some stupid thing for this weekend, and I was like, really? Now? Good thing she doesn't listen to this show, man. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Could have a divorce on your hands after that. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, he, so he said, I built a LCG G speed rig and it crawls just about everything and anything you pointed at. And I've always wondered if you built a one-to-one version, would it work the same? In my mind, it seems like it would same concept motor up front would place all or most of the weight above the front wheels and cab only would reduce the weight and so on. What are your guys' thoughts? I've never been, never really been around one-to-one rock crawling. So my experience is based solely on the 110 rigs and how they perform would be kind of cool seeing a slammed old power wagon out climbing all those jeeps. Um, I don't know how to say this without being mean. I think the answer is probably no. I don't think it translates. No, no. Okay, There's think about many it. things different. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One to one rock crawling. Is he talking like a buggy, or is he talking like taking a? Well, he's just said a old power wagon. Where is the motor located in all? of our normal vehicles we drive back over the front axle. Yeah. So I don't understand how you're going to build something differently because the motor already comes over the front axle. Um, so, yeah. So like I said, I don't like, to me, that's not really something you can compare or say, can you build something like that? Like, I mean, unless you're trying to build a, ginormous version of a RC car and you're trying to follow something, when you take a normal vehicle that you drive, your motor's automatically over the front, unless you do any of those weird stuff. Like I said, you know, look at some of the rock buggies. They do put some motor in the rear, you know, setups. Um, but those are still also a very, um, what's the word, the weight bias and everything. That's all, you know, spoke like that's all kind of like taken into accountability because like for instance i'll have the motor the transmission still underneath the um the person or the driver and then the transfer case will be like offset somewhere like they still put all of that weight bias into calculation when they're building that style rig so i mean realistically a lot of that stuff is taken into accountability so like i said i don't really think that they're you know there's no like you can't compare the two because yeah, if anything I don't think it translates it doesn't translate because because if you're gonna because realistically what you're doing is you're actually making your one tenth scale crawler work like a one to one rig now the only other thing you can play with which still comes down to just basically your suspension setup is the um is your suspension, you know, cause like on an LCG chassis, um, and I'm just going to use that term lightly because there's so many different brands out there. Um, you could, you know, it's basically where your shocks are mounted, all that stuff. Um, how, how, how high it, you know, basically puts the, um, the frame slash, you know, and, and like I said, every chassis is different. Like, I mean, the only, lcg style chassis i've ever ran was uh the scales um the scale shop and there's uh basically 
just, you know, lowered the center section. So your transmission, everything was way lower. Uh, it didn't really, you know, like that was pretty much it. So you, where your shock hoops are in relation to your axles is different. So it actually kind of gives it more of like that slammed, you know, uh, look. So if, I mean, yeah, like I said, it doesn't really translate because when you're building a one-to-one rig designed specifically for crawling, a lot of people still kind of set it up that same way. It's going to be, you know, low sprung. Um, they worry more about, you know, having to clearance fenders um, just to like make sure everything works versus trying to lift it up higher. Um, a lot of what's happening, in my opinion, with the scale RC, you know, somewhat comes from the one-to-one -one world already. So I think once somebody realizes what's working in that world, they kind of bring it into the one tenth, and then, yeah, it goes from there. It's just the yeah. geometry and the weight distribution. Like there's just so many things different between a real car and an RC car. That well, I that's, can... that's the other thing you got to, you got to combat too. So on a real car, you have a frame that weighs twice as much. You're not making one out of um, carbon fiber. So um, just because it won't hold up to the real weight of, you know, oh, let's just say a full size gas or diesel powered engine. Um, not only that, plus the transmission, you got to remember an RC car, your motor, your, your, if you took all your drive components out and you set it on a scale, you could get, I mean, if you really looked at things that were made out of different material and, or tried to find stuff that was shaving weight here and there. Cause like I know Holmes hobbies makes a couple motors designed more for the comp crawler you know, in mind, cause like they shave a little bit of weight off of here, or an ounce here and an ounce there. Um, and I mean, you could probably get your whole drivetrain motor, all that stuff in a scale world, maybe a pound, two pounds, you know, like you can get it really light. Whereas like with your one-to-one, -one, you're talking a thousand pounds, you know, at least five, 600 pounds on a normal gas, like a small block Chevy, with a like turbo uh, 400 and an MP205, I guarantee you that whole running gear right there, which is a pretty popular one as far as like a low budget um, stout setup in a one-to-one -one world, that right there is going to be like six, 700 pounds. So yeah, like you, you're not going to be able to put a lightweight chassis to hold all that up. It'll, it'll just buckle. Yeah, because you got the transmission, one or two transfer cases, you exactly. got the engine, you've got the fuel tank too, which an RC car doesn't have. Fuel weighs a lot. So you've got to, yeah, I mean, it's just everything's different. Where the links are positioned on most one to one rigs, the links aren't so close to the center of the rig. They're more towards the end, you know, the front end and the back end. They're not tied in at the skid like they are on RC cars. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, like I was saying, it just very little, I think, translates between the two. Fair enough. All right. Um, Paul Solman, he says, what are your opinions on Ultra 4 vehicles and RC and what could be made or done to help it grow within the hobby? We need more of them. Yeah. Honestly, For um, U4, you're going to – it's going to need to be somebody – you know, similar to like what Team Associated did, you're going to need a brand to take the jump and make 
a car or a like you know a kit that's ready to go to kind of turn it into something um and then yeah that's the only way i see it growing because uh like anything the birth of it was you had to make your own I mean, that's how like UC Fab got started. They made a bunch of their own chassis out of everything. And then mm-hmm. people started using that for U4 racing. And that's kind of how it went. Yeah. So um, it's going to be somebody has to come out with something to, you know, that's easy for everybody to get their hands on. Um, that'll be the first key. Uh, second key is just getting people together to go do it and being able to do it in a fun way that'll still bring you back for wanting more because you know some people they i like i've seen it in some of like the scale comp you know stuff they they it sounds good it sounds fun till they do it and then they're like there's way too many rules this wasn't what i expected and they kind of hang it up you know so it's like you got to find the fun easy you know like somehow to bring it fun for everybody. That's like the one thing I've, like, I do got to give it, you know, to like Axial Fest when they did their, you know, the rock racing and stuff was, it was kind of like a, everybody just kept kind of going and there was a corner mark, a corner marshal there to like kind of flip your rig over if you flipped over and this, that, and the other. And it was kind of just like a free for all. Like it wasn't too, too crazy. Yes, there were some rules like you had to have certain axles or this or that to be in whatever class and just kind of kept it simple and easy for everybody to enjoy. Whereas if you make it too like overly complex, which I've seen with, you know, the scale comp stuff, because like there's some that, adapt the sorka rules and you know some people are you know they get totally bent out of shape and or they spend so much time trying to you know build a rig to fit in that category it just makes it you know it kind of sucks some of the fun out of it because you're like sitting here going really you got to change this and this just to make it run so it's like i don't know like i said keeping it easy fun for everybody and relatively available for anybody to get their hands on that's how you can get it to grow yeah they right now they've got a uh spec class for low c laser nut rigs which i think is really cool so that that's a good idea that's a way to make it accessible for everybody um i i still feel like u4 had its chance and they blew it um it got really popular and at one point there was even a magazine cover and an issue almost entirely devoted to ultra four racing and the people that did it are the ones that ruined it um it you took a bunch of crawler guys that have no idea how motorsports racing works and no grasp on what sportsmanship is and it turned into uc fab versus rc fab works you know and so it was like all this animosity between brands like it got really stupid like to the point of where it was almost like gangs you know like it was us versus them and it it wasn't like you know the fun like you know chevy versus ford thing it was like fighting on facebook and like talking shit at events and stuff like they just didn't know how to conduct themselves and they tanked it before it ever got off the ground and Sean Rusin and them have been trying really hard to keep it alive and keep it going. I think the the laser nut spec class is a good, um, a good step forward, but it's just, 
I, I still feel like they had their chance and they blew it because everybody ended up getting out of it because they got tired of it. Which yeah, but... is kind of what I said about the the comp crawling is that is the same exact thing that killed comp crawling was the fighting, you know, on well online at the end, but they would actually legitimately get in fights at the event. And it, and it's like at that point, what it's like, you know, it's not fun. And they kind of like, like I said, they kind of had so many rules around it that I don't know. It's it's actually it, it makes me laugh because it kind of makes me think about like what's going on now. Um, and I don't want to like get off topic, but like for instance, at one point they knew that the kids were in like the sportsman's class or something like that. Like, I don't know what all the classes were because I wasn't into it, but I'm just throwing something out there. Like, let's say they have like, I know they have the sporty sportsman or that might've been the same thing. Um, they had a couple different like, you know, classes. And I just remember Elio telling me that a lot of the kids enjoyed the one class because that was one that they had fun in because it was, a, they were able to understand the car, the way it was set up, whatever. And basically all the people that couldn't, like couldn't keep up in the whatever class switched all their rigs out to go be in that class because they knew they could dominate because it was a bunch of kids and then all the kids ended up saying they didn't want to do it anymore and then basically that whittled out that class because nobody wanted to do it anymore and then that was just like the slow decline at least in the sacramento area yeah which actually brings up my last you know thing that i just thought about you're going to also have to have some area to do it and kind of make it. Yeah. Fine. Tracks are few and far between. That's what I was going to say. Most of the uh, scale U4 tracks that I know of are down in SoCal. Yeah. It, I, I never did understand. Like it even got to the point where it was like track versus track, like track owners talking shit to each other and fighting too. Like, I mean, dude, it was insane. I have never seen anything like it. I mean, it was just the biggest bunch of people that had no idea how to act. And like, we had pulled our sponsorship from one of the tracks because they were slamming Vanquish online and stuff. And Vanquish was one of their big track sponsors for their series and for the national U4 series that they were doing. And they're, you know, they would be trashing sponsors and stuff. And so, you know, uh, Dan from Vanquish was like, screw it if this is how you guys are going to act you know why are we throwing money at you you know we're done and uh when i saw that happen i followed suit and was like hey you know you guys don't know how to act i can't count on you to you know represent our brand positively or anything like that as a sponsor so we're done with you and that's when they turned facebook troll and started making fake accounts and stuff and messing with us and it was just the biggest conglomeration of dipshits that I've ever seen. And it's gone now, luckily, you know, I mean, you've got that small little core group down there trying to keep it alive, but a lot of the problem guys are gone and disappeared. So that that's really nice, but it, it was just stupid, dude. Like they had a good thing and they absolutely ruined it and they have nobody to blame, but themselves. I also think mm -hmm. that, in my opinion, the cars weren't quite there yet either. Like, I'd much rather do it now than then, just on a technology level. The oh yeah, the, like one I one of the things that kind of renewed my interest in it was the gatekeeper, just because it it was just like a you, 
really just looked like a U4 version of an existing platform. And I thought that was really cool from like a scale aspect, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool to see other companies kind of follow suit in that. I mean, obviously the laser nut seems to be catching people's eyes and stuff. So yeah, you know, just, you know, hopefully it continues to grow and I don't know. I think people just need to kind of focus on making it cool in their local area and making it a thing first and then, subsequent conversations can happen yeah we're trying out with die hard with the havoc racing the we made the the it's called hill and hole on the show but basically it's like a terror cross or a ultra four course and so we made one of those out at die hard not for the havoc races but also so that we could do like u4 side by side bracket racing where you got like two guys on the track at the same time and it's you know just head-to-head racing and it's done bracket style like drag racing to where it comes down to just two people in the finals and i think that would be a really fun way of doing it because you don't have lap traffic so you're not going to have the tempers and everything else flaring so i don't know we're gonna we'll try it that way a couple times this summer see how it goes you know here in our area um but i don't know that's that's the hard part is just finding places that are open to doing it because most RC tracks aren't cool with bringing in a bunch of rocks and stuff. Yeah, which I can't blame them. Yeah. Um, Wes Braswell asks, do you use winches or sand ladders while on the trail? I rarely do, but sometimes I find it fun to go somewhere they are required. I've used them for fun once in a while just by myself where no one can laugh at me for it. <laughs> I've never had to use a sand ladder ever. I've I've tried it and it was really hard. Like they're pretty hard plastic and they're really lightweight and it I don't know. I didn't I didn't have the best of luck with it, but it made for some neat pictures and stuff, you know, like kind of digging yourself a little hole with your tire and then position it and try and get it out, you know, and take a picture of it, you know, trying to drive over the sand ladder. Like stuff like that's kind of fun, but I don't know. Like for me, I do that in private so that nobody laughs at me because it is fun why would anyone laugh at you i don't know i mean i would make fun of me if i was sitting out there you know with a little winch line and hooking it all up when you could just drive the car instead or pick it up i mean it's just i don't know you know it's so the funny thing is when i first got into this there was an event um that gsrcc put on uh, Golden State RC Crawlers. They were based out of the Sacramento area. And basically, uh, it was called a scale enduro. So you would do the event and you could get points if you helped people and or had like a like tool like sand ramps or ladders to help people get up over an obstacle. And like you could, you know, whatever. And you, you get whoever had the most points at the end of the day kind of thing, it was like, you know, you could win that class, the one nine class or the two, two. And you, you know, so back then people used to always want to have winches and stuff on their rigs so they can actually use them. Now it's almost more just like, Oh, I put a faux winch on there just so it looks like it has a winch because most off-roady vehicles that you see, you know, like all the Jeeps, they have a winch when they're off-road. So it's just like, you know, the go-to accessory when you're building an off-road rig. So I don't know. Um, used to use them all the time and then um, use sand uh, ramps um, 
actually um bpc chassis had a set of ramps that were actually pretty cool they would um kind of slide into themselves and you could like extend them out and they actually could mount um there's a lot of guys that would mount them underneath their bodies like on top of the chassis rails and if you put a long body pin through it you could pull that out and slide the ramps out the back and then set them up where you needed them do whatever and then put them back and they'd be like out of the way we did that with team trail runs like you would get points for helping out your competitors and stuff <clears throat> it was fun And then our last question is from Travis Engel. He says, just got an OG AX10 Scorpion. Adam, how's your Betty build? Uh, it, so it wasn't really much of a build. It was more like a, um, just like a swap. Basically what I did was I bought the AX10 Scorpion off of Brandon Catton. And it was, it, it still is like a hundred percent stock it has uh the original axial what is that ae like one or something like that for the speed control um and then it's got the um original motors in it still it's got the three gear transmission the only thing that it didn't have when i received it was the receiver and remote so i put in actually a axial rtr remote and receiver out of another rig that i had just to get it up and running um but yeah so it's pretty much bone stock i'd love to be able to find hop-up parts and the thing that kills me the most is like i used to have hop-up parts that were compatible because way back when when axial had their upgrades a lot of them were platform crossovers so like you could get you know the link kits and you could actually use those for like the short wheelbase scx 10 the long or the standard wheelbase long wheelbase or they'd also work with the ax10 so you used to be able to get all that stuff and use it across different platforms now a lot of stuff is just made specifically to whatever excuse me model you're getting so yeah i'd love to find old stuff you know, the old anodized green stuff, but you know, it's going to be hard. Um, but yeah, otherwise the, the truck's done. Um, I've run it once and that's mainly because I just don't want to ruin that body because they are like impossible to find. And when you do find them, they're asking insane amounts. Which body is it? The Betty body. The OG. Oh, that's right. So uh, the last one I found was a full kit on eBay, never open, has the body, all the parts, the mask, everything, and he was asking 600 bucks. Damn. Worth it, though, I'd say. I mean, that's not outrageous. I mean, it's yes and no. I mean, 600 it's like, yeah, it's a lot for something that's technically obsolete you know you can't get it anymore but i think that's also kind of a cool factor so i don't know yeah it's like a collector's item now yep well that was like matt hawk told me i should sell my almost ready to run ax10 scorpion that's new in the box he said because he thinks in like four years 
or even a year from now, he goes, nobody could care about that thing and it's worth nothing. And I said, eh, I don't know. I said, It'll always be that one person that'll have sentimental value to. Yeah, but it also had, you know, it has a cool backstory for me, you know, because I got that from Jason at CKRC. So, mm. and CKRC was like a big part of, you know, my RC, I guess, you, what, career, lifestyle, whatever, you know. So, I, you know, I just kind of don't have the heart to get rid of it for that reason as well. So, it just sits there. Was it the Ridge Crest? Is that the body that looked like a forerunner that was dubbed and yes. pinched? Okay, yes. I have one of those, and I keep meaning to send it to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know even get the Ridge Crest, but you can't you can't even get the Ridge Crest body anymore. The Ridge Crest was interesting because that was back when like Axial was like releasing stuff, and like nobody knew what was going on. There wasn't really like a rhyme or reason to anything. They just kind of like just released stuff. Um, the Ridge Crest, in my opinion, was basically the AX10 revamp. Oh, okay. I mean, because it basically was the same thing, except for I think it did have an actual chassis, but it was a 2.2 kind of like rock crawler looking thing um, that came out right, I'm going to say a year or two after the Wraith. I'm going to look it up. Actually, now that you say that. Yeah, the, this thing was given to me by one of our friends that we race with. And I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it looks sort of like a... Oh, it looks like it was an AX-10. Okay. Yeah, it had like a weird... Instead of metal twin vertical plate, it was a plastic tube twin vertical yep. plate. A lot of very familiar looking parts on it, though. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying, so... Let's yeah, see. I'll send that thing to you because that that body is actually really cool looking. Once it's painted up clear, it's kind of hard to get like a yeah grasp of what it actually looks like when it's done. But no, this thing's actually really cool, dude. That's so crazy to click on Legacy and some of these vehicles that were like they're in my opinion not even that old or already on the Legacy tab. Isn't that weird? Like the the Blazer. That's on the legacy tab. I know that bums me out because man, it sure seemed like that was a popular body. Well, now it's like, shoot, I got a, I got one of those bodies with cage and everything just chilling. I think you can still buy them. I was trying to find the bumper off one of the blazers and I couldn't find it anywhere on a main. Do I you need a bumper? No, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it at first. And it was a little too wide for what I needed, but I thought it was just, you know, kind of cool looking at the time. Cause I have, cause I have a handful of them. Oh, crazy. Yeah. It's, um, it's, discontinued well, stuff always makes me sad. Yeah. But like at, at some point, you know, you do also kind of go, yeah, it makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, Brad explained it to me cause I was like crying to him about the DB8 Nomad that Associated had that was like, perfect for you for it was basically an eight scale truggy with buggy arms on it and then a cage and the thing was just super sick but he was explaining to me that like the molds wear out over time and stuff like that so that was kind of a bummer oh well i guess i could see at that point too but like i think they get 
you know, it's something that either A, loses interest, they don't sell as many anymore, so now they just kind of got to offload what's out there. Yeah. The Dodge, I forgot about that OG SCX-10 Dodge Crew Cab. We have one of those bodies here. Dude, you know it would actually be pretty cool with that Ridgecrest body since it's all cut up like a comp thing anyways? Make a, like, comp scaler out of that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they're going towards now anyways. It's crazy the amount of, like, just the resurgence of comp stuff lately. Like, it is kind of exploded again all like it's really weird it was kind of quiet for a while and then like now it's just everybody and their brother wants to get an lcg chassis and mm -hmm. it's just strange seeing it take and, off like that yeah i don't know like i said i have my feelings towards all that stuff like i mean i i've proven it with you know well i can't say i really did but like elio's kind of proven it with that what he calls the cheater rig and uh, i basically copied the same thing he basically rebuilt one of my rigs to kind of mimic just like that um no special chassis no nothing really crazy kind of like a stock scx 10 setup but you know move a couple things around slam the, su the suspension add some weights where you should add weight um and that thing outperformed i mean some of the lcg chassis on the market and there's nothing really crazy done to it and it's like that's the thing that people kind of forget you don't need to buy all this extra stuff just to make you know a rig work a certain way oh you yeah can use what you have relocate some things and adjust the way the suspension works and it'll outperform you Weird. Know, I feel something. like that there's a company that does that that we know really well. That does what? Makes it to where you can just take a rig like that and add some things onto it and make a stock one really competitive. That sounds really familiar. Never heard of it. No. No, you mean sor graphics oh yeah that's it those assholes that's right they yeah. did that what a bunch of losers i know they made right. something completely competitive with flat rail chassis weird now if i can only get them to do something for axial i'd be on board hey we're trying though no i'm not <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> I kind of am, we not kinda, not EPX yeah, there's, level. There's some things we're looking at. I'm almost yeah. done with one axial item, yes. Say, let's say And then months. we have some ideas for the Rift, too, and some other stuff. So we, we're, we've idea. got some other things planned. Two months. Two months, how about that? And you might see that some works. of that. Okay. That buys me enough time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right an hour and ten did we have anything else for tonight no i think that was pretty much it cool make sure you guys get a yeah. pair of gooders gooders <laughs> my gooders <laughs> my gooders are gooder than your gooders now no you know what we need to do now now sr needs to come out with their own glasses they're gonna be called betters betters That'd be they're cool. betters than gooders
we actually talked about doing that once getting some just inexpensive sunglasses to have for like on the trail that you don't care if you jack them up or not yeah they should they did not look like pit vipers though we should should start selling things that aren't aren't vinyl maybe some uh some quick package things maybe things we can bolt on the cars yeah that would be good. That'd be pretty sweet. I think we should do that. We should we should talk to them about that. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, I think if we're all good, then I can start the editing on this one early and get it up tomorrow. Oh, look at you! Ah, well, all kinds of all, all kinds of gumption. Well, so episode seventy-eight publicly came out tonight. Um, cause I've been like editing it for a couple of days cause I had so many issues and then I tried to upload it yesterday and I was getting all sorts of errors from Podbean. So I gave up. So I tried it again tonight and it's finally out, but Weird. Patreon's had it since Saturday. So, huh? Yeah, it wasn't fun. I don't, I won't bore anybody with the details, but it wasn't a good time. So hopefully this one's a lot smoother. I think it will be. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. Alrighty. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you next week. See ya.